You're tuned in to the ETPU Sports Net, and this is the Texas Tiger Podcast. And this is another special edition of the ETBU Sportsnet podcast. I'm Adam P. Ledyard, introducing you today to the podcast with Kenneth the K-Rock Klein as he talks to former ETBU standout in football and baseball, Tyler Bates. Today, K-Rock will be talking to Bates about his time at ETBU, playing in the MLB minor leagues, and also playing baseball and his memories here for the Tigers. Let's listen to the podcast via Zoom with Kenneth the K-Rock Klein and Tyler Bates. And we are live for another special edition of the ETBU Sportsnet presented by Marshall Hometown Tire. And we are, of course, I'm Kenneth K. Rock Klein and pleased to be privileged to be interviewing one of the most decorated athletes in all of ETBU. Certainly a guy that we will remember for his time at ETBU, one of the best two-sport athletes of all time. You can call him the Bo Jackson. You can call him the Deion Sanders. You can call him the Charlie Ward, the Bob Hayes, or... Maybe a little stretch to say to Michael Jordan, to say the least. But around here, we like to refer to him as the Tyler Bates, or I should say the Tyler Bates. Tyler, good to have you on the show. Uh, how's it been going with you? Uh, it's been going good, uh, as well as can be with this, all this crazy stuff going on. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you for all the comparisons, but I don't know if I was quite those guys, but um, I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. We definitely had to kind of refer to you uh, with some of the athletes because of the fact that you play two sports as well. So just uh, kind of give us uh, an update as to what, how have things been going with you so far? What's been going on with you lately as of right now? Uh, not much, actually. I'm, I live in Alvarado currently. Uh, that's where I was born and raised. Uh, I'm waiting for all this pandemic stuff to get back, to get over. Uh, and I'm working at DBAC. I'm giving instructions, giving lessons. Uh, other than that, man, I'm chilling in the house, going crazy with no sports. Yeah, certainly. Uh, it's been a lot of craziness, especially with no sports going on. Hopefully uh, we can get those back in session so that way, you know, fans can have something to rely on, even if the first couple weeks or so uh, can be a little crazy with no fans or including crowd noise as well. So, Tyler, uh, I want to take you back to when you first arrived to ETBU, of course. Uh, you were a standout for both football and for both baseball. Uh, what was it about the ETBU campus that really drew you to wanting to come here? Uh, man, really, uh, I just had I had that vibe that it was a great uh, family atmosphere um, around ETBU. At the, time, at the time that I actually committed, I was only supposed to play uh, – baseball i came on my baseball visit with my brother tanner um and then while i was there uh i, I was just like man uh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go by the coach's office and talk football see if they'll uh, let me play both sports and actually uh when i went to the coach's office i brought it up that i was a, a baseball player and at the time he was like most people don't do that they're not successful uh, playing both sports so uh, kind of after that, I mean, I was like, man, I don't know. I really like the baseball program, so I, I committed to play baseball. Um, and so after I left campus, I gave the football coach uh, an email, and I told him, I, I said, I know you don't recommend this, and you may not like it, but uh, I'm coming to play football too. Um, and so ever since then, it kind of got kicked off and got going. Um, and I love these views because, like I said, man, it's a family atmosphere. 
it was a growing campus at the time. It's growing into what it, what it is now, which is very nice. Um, and so my time there was great. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so obviously, from a two-sport athlete perspective, I've always kind of wondered of the challenges of being a two-sport athlete. Because obviously, you know, you're playing football where you're getting you're getting hit, to say the least. You get banged up and then get, get a winner to rest and then get ready for baseball season where you just pick back up and try to swing some things. I wonder, you know, like were there any sort of challenges to playing both sports, even though there was a little bit of a gap in between for you to rest up? Uh, all type of stuff, man. Allowing your body to heal. For one, like you said, uh, football, that's a, that's a contact sport. So my body, it took a lot of damage, uh, a lot of miles, a lot of wear and tear. Um, but as much as I could in between seasons, I would try to rest, uh, heal my body. I think the most I, most I really took off uh, all the four years in between seasons was maybe like three or four weeks. Um, and then I had to get ready for baseball. But during the season or during the year, you know, it was it was tough because you never really got a break from schoolwork or, you know, stuff like that. It was always constantly something. You had to do something. Um, so it was definitely challenging. Uh, it, was, it was never never too much for me. I got, I never got overwhelmed. I mean, I'm used to it. I played three sports in high school, so, you know, I never really truly had any type of offense. So those, those three or four weeks, Kind of trying to transition my body uh, from football shape to baseball shape. That was that. I mean, I was that was something I was kind of used to. Um, I'm not. I'm never going to say that I was never fully 100 percent going into baseball, but uh, my body was hurting for a while after football season. Um, but after maybe three or four weeks in the baseball season, I was good. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I can honestly remember a time when uh, Deion Sanders, when he was playing for both the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Braves, he played a football game one day, and then he later flew to, up to Pittsburgh to join the Braves in the playoff game, to say the least. I think they did a documentary about that. So I was just kind of thinking, you know, playing two sports, of course, and especially when you have time to kind of let your body heal and then get ready for baseball, of course, which usually starts in February. I mean, that, yeah. that says a lot about your hard work and dedication. So, um yeah. When you arrived, like, let's start off with your football career, to say the least. When you first came to ETBU to start your football tenure, um, you know, things weren't going so well as a team. Of course, you were making some great receptions, but the team just wasn't wasn't really putting it together. And then your sophomore season, I believe, they hired Curl Churgo. And from that point on, it was just really sort of the chemistry of the hard work and dedication to go from a 3-17, and 17, your first seat, your sophomore year, to becoming a co-ASC champions your senior season. What was the progression like uh, from the football player perspective from those three seasons? Night and day, man. Uh, like you mentioned, in my freshman year, it was tough. We were always in games or we were close or we are knocking right there on the door. Uh, we just couldn't knock it down. Uh, it's not like we didn't have the athletes who didn't work hard. I, I just don't know what it was. We just couldn't find a way to win games, man. I don't know if it was I, – I, I don't know what it is. But uh, after they hired Coach Ergel and, and his staff, uh, he brought in kind of a new attitude. You know what I'm saying? He uh, he told he taught us to fight, fight, fight till our last breath. You know what I'm saying? So we we, we kind of adapted that culture. Uh, we worked hard during the off season or during pre or uh, training camp. Those those two or three weeks, uh, they worked hard to really instill their their new mentality. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They they taught us to um, 
you know, whatever we do, do it full speed. I'm not saying that our my freshman year that that's not like how it was, but it, you can definitely kind of see a difference in in, in the coaching staff. And uh, my freshman year, we had a lot of athletes come through here, uh, go through ETBU, man. We had probably one of the most athletic classes that that's been through there. But what we did lack was, you know, stand hard. You know, when things got hard. Things got harder in my freshman year. Um, sometimes even my family in the first year. Um, when things got hard, you know, people didn't know what to do. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if if you have to understand how to win. That's what Coach Ergo and his, his staff kind of progressively taught us how to do. And eventually, that led up to seven and three, winning a AP championship. Going from I started. I have four different uh, wide receiver coaches. Uh, they all taught taught us four four different things, four different uh, ways to go about things. So it was constantly a, a learning process. Um, and senior year, luckily, we just figured it out. Yeah, definitely a great time to, you know, figure it out. Obviously, of course, you're going to have your struggles, especially when a new coaching staff comes in. But it seemed like everything uh, just kind of clicked for you in 2015. I recall uh, one particular game in, in particular against Texas State where you had like five receptions, 193 yards, four touchdowns, which was a new school record as well. But obviously, uh, that was a very uh, that was a very emotional day for you as well. We saw that interview with you where you kind of were breaking down the fact that you had that game on your mom's birthday as well. When, when you thought about you, you know that particular day, that might have been maybe your best game as a wide receiver. Just kind of. Like, take us back through all the emotions going up into that game in particular, and especially uh, what it meant for you, what it meant for the program, and what it meant for uh, your family. Crazy. It was crazy. And the night before, night before I couldn't sleep. I've never played a game on my mom's birthday uh, since she passed. Uh, so that night before, I could not sleep. I was going crazy. I was I was up to like, 3 or 4 in the morning. Um, and so, I, I don't know, man. I was just like, man, I got to do something special. I got to do something special in honor of her. So, on the way to the uh, on the way to the field, on the way to college, you know, what I'm saying I was just thinking, like, what can I do to honor her? Um, you know, and that day, like you said, that was that was one of my best games ever. Uh, I broke a record on that day. Uh, I'll never forget that. Uh, that's one. That's that's my best sports memory ever. Uh, you know, what I'm saying every, I think every time I take the ball, I score, except for one time, and I kind of I kind of I kind of kick myself. Uh, for not scoring because before before we ran out there on the field, nobody knew. Nobody, I didn't talk to nobody. I didn't, you know what I'm saying. So they can kind of see, they can kind of see that something was wrong with me. I had people asking, uh, "What's going on? Are y'all right? Um, are you doing that?" But I never told nobody. I never told nobody. Uh, I think the first person I told was Coach Walden. He kind of saw me after the game uh, by myself. And so after that, man, I just broke down. Uh, I mean, I missed her like crazy. She's she never she never got to see me watch. Or she never got to see me play uh, any sport events. She passed when I was so young. So um, definitely on that day, I told myself I got to do something special. I know she was looking over me. That game that game meant a lot to me, uh, my family. Um, and so the fact that I could break a record on that day was that was something special for sure. Yeah, and obviously I can tell by your emotions that it was definitely such an emotional day, and I cannot imagine what you might have been going through. But obviously hearing from yours words kind of gives me goosebumps, to say the least, especially when it goes through a period where they lose a loved one and then they have to go out. That's that's like Brett Favre's kind of a performance, to say the least, except right. he played 
played as a wide receiver. But, um, you know, speaking within the 2015 season, of course, you had yourself uh, an incredible opportunity to at least clinch a share for the AFC Championship against uh, Hardin-Simmons University, who, of course, was ranked number eight at the time. Going into that game, obviously, you knew it was going to be a very hard-fought, physical kind of a performance. What was the mindset of the team going into that game, knowing that there was an opportunity to do something that this program had never done before, especially with the journey that you had started from? Uh, win at all costs. Uh, like I said, we have been through way too much to come to come that far this week on our home field. Uh, a chance, a chance at winning the AC championship. We knew we had the upper hand playing in the mud. You know, what I'm saying we were used to it from Bellhaven and Swan. Uh, so they like to throw the ball a little bit. We did everything. We ran well, threw well. So we knew we knew we kind of had the upper hand, and we had to be physical. That's what we trained for in the offseason, be tough. Be gritty, protect our whole field. Um, so we were kind of we, – we knew that we had something special uh, going into the game. That week was kind of challenging to practice because it was raining all week. So we were kind of in the gym, you know what I'm saying? So we couldn't really get after it like we needed to. But uh, we definitely knew that it was going to be a challenge for us. And we just had to go out there and get the job done by any means. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the greatest, you know, feelings ever was after you pulled off that upset and you got the share of the champ conference championship as well. So definitely a great way for you to at least put an end to your football career. So switching gears now over to baseball, obviously, uh, another similar situation. You were on a team that was kind of struggling uh, from the get-go. You then bring in – they then hire a new coach or actually promoted Jared Hood to the head coach. And it just seemed like you guys were able to take off as well. So – were there kind of some sort of similarities between uh, the fact, you know, what you went through with football up to that point? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I said, freshman year, we were, we were in games. I think we were like 19 and 20 or 20 and 20 or something like that. Uh, we were fighting, man. We were fighting. Uh, kind of the same thing, kind of like the, the, uh, the seniors, you know what I'm saying? We were there from the beginning. So we understood what it was or, or how to win. We understood what it was going to take make our teammates better. Uh, we call ourselves the four core as me or the core four, me, Tanner, Jimmy, and Ernesto. Uh, so kind of when the, I was actually, we, I was actually going to transfer after my transfer after my freshman year. Um, you know, I kind of wasn't getting along with uh, the head coach at the time. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It was hard. I was going through some stuff. So I, I really wasn't, I wasn't there all the way. Um, and so, actually, when I got the call that um, Coach Hood was going to be the new head coach, I was like, okay, then we're going to go give it another chance. So, I, I ended up going back. Um, and you could tell instantly that it was something different. He was going to run the program uh, kind of hard-nosed, uh, kind of the same way Ergo did the, the football program, you know, determination, uh, work hard, never give up. He taught us to never get up, fights our last – Fights our last breath as well um, until the last out. So it was definitely different. And then finally, senior year, uh, we were on top of the hill and winning games. Not only were you winning those games, but you were hitting a lot of home runs to say to least 71 to right. be exact. I mean, that was like a national record. And I got a thrill of calling every one of your home runs, of course. Like, did you ever get that feeling that you were – just gunning for the home runs to say the least every time you came to at bat, or was it just like you put a good swing on the baseball that it just happened to fly out of the ballpark? Well, I mean, what was going on that year? 
Uh, we just had a we had an unbelievable lineup, man. Uh, one through nine could hit for sure. Uh, and so we, I mean, Coach Hood, he really taught us: don't swing for the home run, just swing. You know, kind of hit gap to gap. If you hit a home run, you hit a home run. Some people say it's because of Woods Field was a with the whistle ball park and small, blah blah blah. But we hit home runs everywhere. Uh, that definitely, that definitely comes from a lot of rep uh, in the cage. That's what Coach Hood teaches us: hit the ball low and hard. If it goes, it goes. Yeah, yeah, certainly. A lot of those went out of the ballpark, to say the least. And then, of course, uh, I believe your final home run of your career was actually very special because you set a new all-time school record for most hits in a career at ETBU. And, of course, that was a huge moment as well. That, of course, was a record you held for a year until Connor Combs passed you in that record. But Shout out to my God, man. <laughs> yeah, I had to put that out there. But when you realized that you got it, first and foremost, just take us through uh, just your thought process. I mean, obviously, you were going through that period, as you said, that you thought about transferring, but then you decided to give it another chance. And then – you finally achieved it to get the all-time hits record. Just your thoughts about that moment in particular. Crazy. It was wild, uh, especially um, it being in the AFC championship on our home field, um, let alone in an elimination game, I believe it was, with So Ross. Um, we had to win. Uh, we were, it was kind of late in the game. Uh, they kind of broke it open. It was special to me, man, to break a record and do it in that fashion, in the Grand Slam fashion. It was it was, it was great. It was special. Uh, I came a long way from uh, freshman year. Uh, I believe I hit like 320-something. Sophomore year, I hit 340-something. Um, and then junior year, that was tough. That was the toughest year ever. I hit, I, I think I started out like one for, one for 31. Uh, I was ready to go crazy. And then uh, I just don't know. Some click. Uh, uh, Coach Hood called me into the office, man. He told me. Uh, I'm gonna stick with you. You're my guy. You're my senior. You're, you're my center fielder. Uh, basically, you're the leader of the team. So whatever you're going through, you're gonna get through, and uh, we're gonna work for it together. Uh, so, so I I appreciate him for for sticking with me, uh, working with me. But I know it was, it was challenging. Uh, while I was going through that time, man, I was I was really hurting. Every time I would get out, I would just throw my helmet. Or, I would strike out and, and, and just be be a cancer to the team. Uh, a couple of times I actually got benched, got pulled out of the game. So um, that definitely got to me. It did. It did. But then senior year comes. Uh, after football season we won, I was like, man, let's, it would be so special to win in baseball too. Uh, so also Troy Merriman, uh, he, he kind of helped me out through the offseason. He was like, let's go hit, man. Let's go ahead. Like, no breaks. I think senior year I took maybe, like, a week and a half off. Uh, I got in the weight room. Uh, we went to the cages with Connor Combs. Connor, 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 you know what I'm saying? He he, he fueled me, too. So, uh, without them, too, without them, too, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't have had a great year, I'd say. Yeah, certainly, of course, uh, breaking the hits record as well, the huge accomplishment. But then it got a little better for you because – you actually were drafted in the major leagues by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim at the time. So, like, you're playing at a Division three level, and, of course, the chances of players within the D3 level getting drafted are pretty slim to none, to say the least, if we were to be honest. But, when, like, when you think back to that particular day, were you ever thinking, man, you think I'm going to get drafted, or, or you just kind of starting to plan out 
your future if this whole thing with baseball doesn't quite work out? Like, what was your thought process going into that day? And then take us through the moments when you got the phone call. Uh, immediately after school, I was like, man, because uh, there was always been some chatter um, going into my senior year uh, that I would, uh, that I would get drafted by the Angels. Uh, Angels. Uh, so, you know what I'm saying? After my senior year, I was like, man, there's no way. I knew I had a good year, but like you said, getting drafted as a senior and at a D3 school, like that's rare. Uh, so I was like, man, there's no way I'm going to get drafted. So I was kind of, you know, I would kind of work out here and there, kind of stay in shape, make sure that if it did happen, that I was ready. Um, but after I graduated, man, I was I, I was chilling. Uh, I was ready to get to work. Um, so I, I had found me a, a few jobs, or not a few jobs, but a job. I was like, I'm not getting drafted. But as as as, as close to the draft, closer to the draft had come, um, the angel scout was kind of picking up communication with me. So I was like, well, maybe maybe I should start working out because you know what I'm saying they wouldn't they wouldn't be contacting me if I wasn't at least on their list. Uh, so I got I got to working out and hitting. Um, Connor, thank you. Thank you for coming to hit me. He actually came from South Lake to hit with me a few times. Uh, that was my guy, man. He helped me through a lot. When I was going when I was going through stuff, he 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 would notice. Uh he was one of the few that would notice and kind of get me out of that slump. And it was like, hey, let's go to work. So uh we went hit a few times. So then uh June comes, the draft day comes. I'm like, man, we had a few people over at the house. I was nervous as ever. Um he told me – he always told me to stay by my phone, though. Rudy Vasquez, that was a scout. He told me to stay by my phone in case uh, something happens. Because initially they told me uh, around 50 or 20. Uh, so I didn't get a call. I didn't get drafted in 15 to 20. Um, so I was like, man, I give up. I kind of lost hope. I went outside. I just jumped in the pool. I was like, if it happens, it happens. Uh, so I went to swim with my family. Um, and something, something told me to go check my phone. And as soon as I did, maybe two or three minutes later, uh, Rudy had sent me a text. He was like, tune into the draft and get ready. So I hurry up and hop out the pool. I go grab my phone, man. Uh, me and Troy were sitting down. We were sitting down right there, right there, uh, right outside the pool. So as soon as I loaded up the draft on my phone, uh, there it is. There goes my name, Justin Tom. I couldn't do anything, man. I was speechless. I was sitting there, and the first person that congratulated me was Troy, man. I couldn't say anything. I, I was just in shock. Uh, that's obviously some. That's obviously obviously something you work for your whole life. I remember my dad. Uh, first Ranger game we went to. Uh, I was like, man. I stood there in the tunnel right above uh, home plate. I was like, man, I'm gonna be here one day. And that, that was the first game I ever went to. I told him that. Uh, and so then when I got the call, all the feelings, uh, all the emotion, everything, it, it's like the world stopped for maybe, I don't know, it just didn't even feel real for two or three weeks after. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I mean, that was something special to me to celebrate it with, my, with one of my closest friends, Troy, being there. Uh, my family was there. Uh, everybody. First time I seen my dad cry was when I got drafted. Uh, he, I actually got drafted. I got the call, and he just took off. I don't know where he went for 30 minutes. He couldn't find him. Uh, and so later, maybe two or three years later, he told me he had to go cry. But 
I've never seen that happen. So obviously it meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to my family, uh, my friends. I appreciate them uh, for coming and supporting me. They never lost hope. That's one thing about me. People ask me all the time. They're like, man, how'd you do it? I said a great support system because without them, uh, like I said, I was ready to give up. I was ready to give up sports after my uh, freshman year, and, and they're the one. They're the one that kept me going. Uh, I knew I had people people looking looking up to me from back home, uh, kids that came to watch me play. Uh, so I was like, man, I can't give up. So definitely, when I got drafted, everything was worth it. Uh, felt so surreal at the moment, and that was a good time. Yes, yeah, certainly. Definitely a great time to have somebody from ETBU at least be drafted in a major league uh, uniform, of course. Had a good stint there in minors. And uh, so just kind of talk about, you know, like what it is that you're currently doing right now. I heard that you were playing like semi-pro bowl at one point, and now you're currently a hitting instructor in the academy. Yeah, uh, I was playing semi-pro ball just for fun, stay in shape. Uh, I was actually a quarterback for the team. I was one last year. Um, so I, I, like I said, I do that, just stay in shape, kind of relive the glory days, you know what I'm saying? Have a little fun. Uh, now, like I said, I'm waiting for all this stuff to open back up. I, I'm an instructor at DBAT here in Mansfield, in Hidden Field in Russia. So, uh, maybe once all this stuff is over, we can get back to our normal life. Yeah, certainly. I hope that happens as well. So, uh, when you think back to your time at ETBU, what do you what will you miss the most, to say the least? And like the, the all the relationships that you formed with your players and the coaches, or maybe the spiritual relationships that you were able to form uh, with with God Himself. Uh, just what what was it about? What will you miss the most about your time at ETBU the most? Uh, the family, uh, the family I made. There's some people that I went there, and, and you know what I'm saying. I was kind of to myself. I never really talked to a lot of people. Um, I was kind of, you know what I'm saying, kind of an introverted person. So uh, going to ETBU, it taught me a lot of stuff. It's a, it's a great uh, – man, I met some brothers there that I, I'll never forget. Actually, one of my closest friends, we still talk to this day. Uh, we were in the gym uh, one day playing basketball, pick up basketball. And I, I met him through that. You know what I'm saying? There were so, there were so many – Genuinely good people at ETBU, uh, and I miss I, I miss that the most. You know what I'm saying? I tell people all the time, ETBU, they it's 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 really a family atmosphere. Uh, it's it's a home away from home. They call it the home on the hill. Uh, it truly feels like home when you're there. Uh, I met a lot of great people, uh, not only not only through sports, but you know what I'm saying in the classroom, just friends, friends who came supportive and, and and just were just there for you regardless. Not because you're an athlete, but just because they genuinely cared about you. Absolutely. Well, Tyler, thank you very much for joining us. We hope that you stay safe, and uh, well, hopefully this all blows over, and then we can go back to living our normal lives like we normally would. So thanks once again for joining us. This is the Texas Tiger Podcast.